end of the chapter. Read three verses at the end of the chapter, and then we'll go back and deal with some verses. In Acts chapter number 5 and verse number 40, the Bible said, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I'm interested in this verse. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. When Acts 5, we jump in the middle of the chapter, we know that in verses 1 through 11, God has dealt with the sin of Ananias and Sapphira, how they lied to the Holy Ghost. They told the Lord that they had given all the offering. The issue was not the money. The issue was the honesty. They lied to the Holy Ghost. They told God they'd given their all uh, when they really hadn't. And God killed both of them that day. And the Bible says in verse 11 that great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And so as we're going to read the rest of Acts chapter 5 and preach tonight, the Lord being our helper. It's interesting the church is going to suffer persecution once again. May I remind you, the world has never been uh, the friend of the church, for the world's always been against the church, even from the book of Acts. But I love Acts 5.42. And daily in the temple and in every house, watch this now, they ceased not. They ceased not. I want to preach on tonight the church that will not quit. The church that will not quit. There's a lot of people quitting tonight. They're quitting on God. They're laying down their sword. They're quitting. But I'm glad for a group of people, and I'm glad for, for a group of believers that just will not quit. I mean, you give them all the reasons to quit, and they just they take a licking and keep on ticking. Amen. Uh, they, they get bit, but they don't quit. Amen. They just keep on going up for the glory and honor of God. I don't know about you tonight, but that's the kind of believer I want to be. I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be a sellout. I don't want to kick out of the traces. I don't even know what that means, but I don't want to do it. Amen. I know it's bad. I want to keep on going for the glory and the honor of God. And here in Acts chapter number 5, we see this persecution comes against the church again, but they ceased not. They would not quit. Notice a few things in the in the chapter. First of all, I want us to note the church's advancement. The church's advancement. We notice first of all the increased congregation, verses 12 through 16. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one of cord in Solomon's porch, and the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were more and more, uh, were, were the more added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches at the least of the shadow of Peter passing, uh, passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing 
bringing sick folks and with them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. The church has just suffered some attacks from within with Ananias and Sapphira. But here we find the church is continuing to grow. Even after the tragic deaths of these two individuals, the church did not quit. Hey, we're going to have to learn to go on even when there's some tragedies that take on inside the church. Hey, bad things happen uh, in churches because people are in churches. Can I get amen out of that? There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect people. Uh, but we do have a perfect God. And we do have a perfect Bible. Amen. And the church is growing. And we, we watch in these verses, verses 12 through 14, uh, there were some uh, that liked what they were doing, but they didn't want to join up with them. The reason why is because they had sin in their heart. And they had watched what God had done in Ananias and Sapphira. And they wasn't about. At least they had enough respect for God other than to go in the church with sin in their heart. One writer said uh, that dealing with sin will help keep the church pure. That's why Paul gives us those laws about church discipline in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It's not for us to flow on ourselves and flow on authority. It's to keep the church pure and to keep the message pure so the Holy Spirit of God will not be grieved and not be quenched and not be hindered when it comes to our services. There is the increased congregation. But then, verse 17 and 18, there are the imprisoned Christians. Verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. Ain't it amazing? All were not in favor of the church growing and going forward. The high priest, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, who were all enemies, they came against Peter and John and Acts 4 and tried to stop them. Now they round up all 12 apostles and put them in prison. What were they doing? Were they causing a riot? Were they stealing? Were they robbing? No. They were preaching Jesus. They were magnifying the Lord and they were in prison for their message. Notice the incredible confounding. Verse 19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to all the, to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and, and the, called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found was shut, was shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without and before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Here's what happened. They put twelve preachers in prison and said, we're going to deal with you tomorrow. Oh, but that night when everybody else was asleep, God sent His angel and He opened the prison doors and He said, now y'all go hide out now. Y'all don't make a scene. Y'all go hide out and keep on. You know, just, just be quiet now. Be undercover for Jesus. No, He said, no. Go stand in the temple and keep on preaching. Amen. He said, go tell them all the words 
of this life. I want to say this is a good life. Amen. I'd rather live this life than any other life. The songwriter said if I had a thousand lives to live, I'd live them all for the Lord. Amen. One man said even if heaven was not at the end of the road, a life lived for the Lord is still the best life you can live. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, yes, we have sorrows. And yes, we have burdens. And yes, we have heartaches. Oh, but I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather live for God than anything in this world. And that angel said, y'all get out of prison. Y'all get back in your pulpits. Y'all keep on preaching. Y'all keep telling them about the greatness of this life. Amen. They did not stop. Can you imagine them boys that went to get them the next morning? I mean, they walk in there, all right. And it looked like Barney when he went in there to get Ernest T. Bass out of prison. Can't find him nowhere. Can't find him nowhere. And Barney went over to the diner, and he looked. There said Ernest T. Bass eating, Ernest T. Bass eating breakfast. Amen. You imagine they walked in and said, Counsel, we can't find him. We don't know where they're at. And notice, notice the ignorant conclusion, verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, you know what they said? They doubted of them. Whereunto this would grow. You know what they said? Ah, it ain't that big of a deal. This whole Christian thing, this whole Jesus thing, this whole salvation gospel thing, it ain't going to grow. Well, them men are dead. And we're preaching about it tonight. It's still going forward. Amen. I tell you, the church advanced forward. We noticed the church's advancement. But then we noticed the commissioned authority. Look at verse 25. Verse 25 through 28, there is the private investigation. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold the men whom you put in prison standing in the temple and teaching the people. He said, Hey, them 12 preachers we locked up last night, they, I don't know how, but they back in that church preaching again. Then the captains went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. They said, Let's not make a ruckus. They might kill us. So they said, uh, Would you 12 preachers come with us? You know, Yeah, we'll be glad to. Verse 27, when they brought them, they set them forth before the council, and the high priest had asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Now watch that little phrase, this man's blood. Who are they talking about? Talking about the Lord Jesus. So you're trying to blame this on us, Peter said. It is your fault. You're the one that crucified him. You're the one that sent us in the death. Ain't it amazing how people want to shift the blame? And there's a private investigation. But there's the proclaimed importance. Look at verse 29. I love Peter now. Watch what he said. He said, uh, notice his courage for Christ. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Obedience, is, obedience to God is more important than obedience to man. Peter's now driving this message further, and he said, we ought to obey God rather than men. By the way, let me tell y'all what I've been preaching. And he talks about the condescension of Christ. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. That's talking about His birth. He talked about the crucifixion of Christ, whom ye slew and hung on a tree. He talked about the conquest of Christ. Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be Prince and Savior. He talks about the compassion of Christ for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins the confirmation of Christ and we are his witnesses of these things huh 
He didn't, amen. He said we're witnesses. Just like Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, y'all want y'all be my witnesses. Peter said, you know what we are? We're as witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost whom God had given to them to obey Him. There's a conviction by Christ. At verse 33, when they, those priests, those high priests, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart. They knew that Peter was telling the truth. They knew it. And watch what they did. They took counsel to slay them. Conviction will either lead you to Christ or further away from Christ. Amen. They were cut to the heart just like those men in Acts 2. They were pricked in the heart. But you know what those men in Acts 2 said? What must we do? Acts 5. Let's kill them. You know, you, and I know it's Wednesday night crowd, but there could be somebody watching. You know, you got a choice on how you're going to respond. I wonder what the Calvinists do with that. Both of them were cut to the heart. Both of them were pricked to the heart. One chose Christ. The other chose the, the council to try to kill them. Ain't that amazing? They had a choice to put those to. What you, and by the way, you have a choice. I have a choice. Aren't you glad we made the right choice when we chose the Lord? Amen. Amen. So there is the, there is the, Private investigation, there is the proclaimed importance. But then notice, I call this the peculiar intervention. Y'all still, y'all, look at your Bible, verse 34. This is peculiar to me. They said, verse 33, they took counsel to slay them. Verse 34, here's the peculiar intervention. Then, stood, then there stood up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in a reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth for a little space. He said, fellas, would y'all mind stepping out that door for a second? Verse 35, he looks at that council. He said to them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before the, these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who was slain. And all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee. This is not Judas Iscariot or one of the disciples. It's another man named Judas in the days of the taxing and drew away much of the people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obey him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. Now, this is a peculiar intervention. I, believe, I don't believe Gamaliel is a saved man. He's a lost man. The reason I say that is because he don't believe Jesus is the Messiah because he compares Jesus to two fakes, Thaddeus and Judas. That's the only reference we have to these men in the Bible. You study out history, though. They were two men that had a following, but it just fizzled out. And he said, it could be this man Jesus, just like Thaddeus and Judas. And he said, if it is, it'll fizzle out. He said, but there is a small possibility that this could be of God. And Gamaliel may be a lost man, but he knew this. He said, you don't want to fight against God. You don't want to fight against God. So I said, Preacher, why do you call this a peculiar intervention? Because it's a lost man sticking up for them 12 Baptist preachers. You know what God's doing? God's saying, um, you know, I'm just going to use you for my glory. Aren't you glad God can draw a straight, a straight line with a crooked stick? I mean, this man had, he had other, he had other ill intentions in mind. He didn't like what they was doing, but God used to protect his preachers. Amen. Just like God let Rahab lie to put them spies up on the roof. Amen. God knows what he's doing. There is the, y'all, I don't know if that helps y'all or not, but that helps me that God is able to work. 
I said it Monday night in the meeting. God is not behind the evil. He's above it. Aren't you glad God's in control? We're not Calvinists, but we do believe that God's in control. Amen. He made it all. He's in control of it all. There is, there is the church's advancement. There is the, there is the uh, uh, commissioned authority. Number three, quickly, there's the cruel affliction. Look at verse 40. Three things in verse number 40. Notice the common decision. And to him they agreed. This council respected Gamaliel. He was an older man. By the way, this Gamaliel, he trained somebody. There was, there, was this, there was this fella. Boy, he's a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He rough as a cob. His name was Saul. And he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. This fellow, he'll come up later in Acts as we go forward. They agreed with him. God working in the... There's a common decision. There's the corporal discipline. When they called the apostles and beaten them. It's commonly believed that each disciple received 39 stripes across the back with a whip. Why? For preaching. If somebody, somebody, won't, somebody won't take our track... And we think, boy, why ain't we persecuted? These men were beaten. Notice the collective demand, verse 40. And they commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. This, mean, this means they were not allowed to teach, preach, talk, or witness about Jesus Christ anymore. Boy, the church has suffered affliction. Some of God's choice servants have suffered persecution. By the way, persecution is still going on even in other countries that we don't even know about. It could come to America one day. I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt it at all. But last of all, notice the continued activity. It's where we started out tonight, verse 41. Notice the deliberate rejoicing. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Here's these, now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I'd be shouting after getting beat 39 times with a rod. I might be shouting, but it wouldn't be rejoicing. But they get done getting beaten. Can you see them preachers walking out? Praise God! Hallelujah! Bless the Lord! Ain't God good? That's what they're doing. They were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. That counted worthy don't mean they just lift up in pride. Here's what that means. Can you believe that we are associated with Jesus? As wonderful as He is, as worthy as He is, the worthiness was not an element of pride on the part of the apostles, but rather it was an attitude of wonder and amazement because they knew that the Christ they were representing was worthy. Is that why Peter will say later as an old man? But rejoice in so much your partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Amen. The deliberate rejoicing. And then note their diligent resolve. Verse 42, where we started. And daily in the temple and in every house. There's our words. They ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. They said, don't do that no more. We'll beat you, give you a taste of what you're going to get. But they ceased not. Why did they keep on going? I give you this and I'm done. The multitudes were too guilty. The sinners out there need to be saved. The message is too great. Jesus died and was buried and rose again. But I'm going to tell you why they kept on going. The master was too good. <laughs> why quit? 
The multitudes are guilty. This message is so great. But our Master is too good. And when we come in on a Wednesday night, like Brother Charles said, discouraged from the world and, and just the filth of the world all around us, hearing their music and the jokes. Just I'm not talking about we go looking for it. I'm talking about the world we live in. You can't drive down the interstate anymore without filth being on billboards. You can't go anywhere. And all that filth. And sometimes I feel like quitting and want to throw in the towel. But may God remind us of this early church, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Why? Because they remember the day when he walked by the shores of Galilee. Peter in particular. Peter and John. Peter, James, and John. Hey, boys, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Old Matthew sitting there collecting taxes at H&R Block. Matthew, he was a tax collector, folks. <laughs> Matthew, he might have worked at Liberty. I don't know. He might have been that one standing there with the Statue of Liberty. You never can tell. Matthew, Thaddeus, come on. Simon the Canaanite, that old Gentile that got to be a part of the 12 disciples. Come on, Simon. Hey, man. They never forgot the day. And even old, even old Matthias in Acts 1, they got added late. Everybody wants to pick on. They didn't get it right. Well, I say they got it right because Matthias took that licking and kept on kicking, kept on preaching. This was a church that would not quit. May God help this church not to quit. But cease not. Well, preacher, I'm not a preacher. I can't preach or teach Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what you can do. You can, preach, you can, you can pass out a track. Went to a restaurant last night. It ain't hard. Now, if you don't leave a tip... Don't leave one of these tracks. Leave a Jehovah Witness track. Amen. Leave some other church's track. Don't leave a safe harbor track. Leave somebody else's track. If you leave a tip, pull one of these tracks out. Put that money in there. Hand it to them. Preacher, I don't know what to say. To say, Jesus loves you. You never know what that might do to somebody. That's just teaching and telling. Being a witness for the Lord Jesus. May God help us in these days. Amen. Praise the Lord. I appreciate your attention. I ain't been good to be in church. Amen. The only thing better than church on Sunday is church on Wednesday. And the only thing better than church on Wednesday is church on Sunday. Glad I'm part of the church of the living God. Amen. Well, do be praying about the offering on Sunday. And we're going to receive for the vols, whatever God. I know we, we do a lot of things around here. Uh, but we, we said we were going to do something for them. And um, whatever the Lord puts on your heart is what we're supposed to do. Amen. So you pray about that and what God have you to do. Amen. I think that's all, everything I need to mention. Appreciate all the work and the labor for Grace's birthday party on Sunday night. Good time of fellowship we had there. And appreciate the Lord sending folks in. And uh, we've had, I don't know if you know, we've had a family of five that's been here the last three weeks on Sunday mornings. And that's a blessing. And uh, so you pray. Sunday's Father's Day. And so uh, you pray that God would bless that and His will will be done. I feel like I'm missing something, but... If I was supposed to say it, I'd remember it. Amen. Let's stand together. Be, be praying for Brother Richie this week as he'll be preaching the funeral for his grandmother. Pray for Brother Hook and all the family. And just.